You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hey, Dolphins, this is Michael Fink with the uh, FinFans Podcast. Each week we come to you and bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. During the season, you'll hear two shows each week where we review and preview each game. We shoot straight from the hip and have fun in doing so. We'd like to thank both the Dolphins Talk Network and the Pigskin Podcast Network for their support. Uh, Make sure to check them out. Please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Please make sure to follow the show. That way you'll know when a new one comes out. It's truly appreciated. All right, let's uh, kick off today's show. And it's another podcast. Uh, This week, we're going to take a look at the San Francisco 49ers versus our Miami Dolphins. With me is Daniel Reinhardt. What up, Finn fans? And Louis Ergoni. Hello, Dolphins. This is going to be a fun matchup. I mean, I'm I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. I think it's the game of the week on the schedule. I'm I'm just looking forward to it. I mean, I'm almost getting antsy, you know. Absolutely. It's only Wednesday, and I'm already. Fired I'm telling up. you, I'm ready. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Jacked. Jacked to the till. This has right, the I'm, potential to be the game of the season up to this point. I think it, so. It I, really I, does. I, I think so. Now, uh, let's hope they don't spoil it for us, but uh, I'm looking for a real competitive game. Let me let me give you some uh, stats and, and, and something that Pete Prisco said from CBS. Uh, first, the stats. And I'm, go- I'm not going deep into anything here, but Miami ranks third in offense behind Kansas City and Buffalo. San Francisco ranks 10th. On defense, San Francisco has the top-rated defense and Miami 17th. Miami gives up 23.3 points per game, while San Francisco gives up 15.7. Now, here's the key, and and, and Prisco brought this out, uh, the strength of schedule. Uh, San Francisco has played a .397 schedule and Miami 4.96, so obviously we've played a tougher schedule. And that 3.97 is the lowest and the next lowest is 4.20 so i mean they've played the war you know the worst teams by a good distance right right they've had a much easier path than we have to where they're at right now absolutely and they're at seven and four and that's really that's really interesting too because if you listen to what everybody is saying in the media world miami hasn't played anybody in the last five games they haven't had to to really you know, they haven't had much of a fight against them. So, well, we had a soft stretch. There's no doubt about that. But we also played some really good teams in, in Baltimore and Buffalo and beat them both. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of ways you can look at it. And, and we might have done better against uh, Cincinnati had we been healthy. And Minnesota, Mike, and the yep. Jets. I mean, yep. all three of those losses, I mean, we had all kinds of quarterback issues due to injuries. I mean, yep. there's no question in my mind that. Listen, in my opinion, we would have won two out of those three had we not been playing around with quarterbacks. And that includes a situation where we didn't have Tua in. I, I truly felt that that game that Thompson started yep. with the way we were moving the ball up and down the field, that we were going to win that football game. I mean, mm-hmm. the injury to him, you know, proved costly because, you know, uh, Bridgewater came in and um, he struggled for a bit initially, but. Then he got us rolling, you know, once he got warmed up. So yeah. there's no question in my mind that we would have probably won at least two out of those three football games. The Jet game and the, um, the Viking games, I felt, would have been wins 
had we been healthy at quarterback. In Cincinnati, you know, Tua played, what, about a half in that game? Something like that. Something to that effect. Um, that game would have been nip and tuck. So we'll give them a loss there. But the other two games, I, I truly believe we would have won. Yeah. yeah, and I'm on the other side of that Cincinnati argument because we were still in that game and minus they pulled mm-hmm. away late. Right. I think if we would have had Tua healthy for that whole game, we very well could have won that game as well. It, it's, it's possible, Daniel. I mean, I'm just going by what was taking place in the first half, and the offense wasn't playing very well, even when Tua was in. Yeah, you That's know, a good it point. was it was kind of a you know it was it was a nip and tuck game. The offense wasn't doing nowhere near what they've done in other football games against that team, and I don't know why, but for whatever reason, they just weren't on. I mean, they had just come off of that game against Buffalo. We were on a short week. So there were other factors involved. So, you know, it is what it is. But um, I truly believe that our record would be even better. They can talk all they want about we haven't played anybody than this and that. Mike just threw up the fact that we've had one of the tougher schedules. So, Mm -hmm. you know, screw screw whoever's talking shit, (laughs) Daniel. Point well taken. Point well taken. And, And I agree. I think we could have. And, you know, there's a world where we should have beaten Minnesota because we were in it till the very last moment. Absolutely. Till, uh, Dalvin Here's Cook. what you can say about the Dolphins. They've won against every team they should have beaten. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Agreed. Okay, and that's what the good teams do. Right. Absolutely. Other than Mike, honestly, I felt they should have beat Minnesota. I really do. I mean, only because of circumstance we lost, and I feel we should have won that Jet game. I think we're better, a better football team than both of those teams. Minus the fact that we didn't have our QB, I think. Exactly. Is kind of where I mean, at. which is which is a key component. Yep. And was a key component in both of those games. But anyway, that's all water under the bridge, guys. Right. That yeah. is water under the bridge. Here's what Pete Prisco had to say. If there's one advantage the 49ers have in this game, it's that they have one of the best defenses in the NFL. However, I'm not fully sure what to make of that because one reason their defensive numbers are so good is because they've played some of the worst teams in the NFL. Yes, you have to play who's on your schedule, but beating up on bad teams doesn't tell me anything about you. Mm Mm-hmm. Through 12 weeks, the 49ers have had the easiest strength of schedule in the NFL. Their opponents have a combined winning percentage of just 0.397, which is crazy when you consider that no other NFL team is even at 420. The Dolphins' strength of schedule through 12 weeks has been 0.496. The 49ers have played four teams this year that currently have five wins or more, and they're 2-2 in those games. I think what I'm trying to say here is that I'm going to need proof that the 49ers can beat good teams before I start picking them to beat good teams. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. So with that, I mean, he, he makes a great point. You know, uh, they've had it easy, and and you know they're they're one of the better teams in the NFC. But this is probably why. So Daniel, how do you think the Dolphins' offense is going to match up against the Forty Nine er defense? So uh, here's before I even start that. I am so excited to see this teacher versus student matchup and what McDaniel can do with his scheme against a team that he knows really well. D'Amico Ryans is the defensive coordinator for San Francisco. He's got them playing really well. As you just pointed out, what Prisco had said, they've, they've played really well against some, some poor teams, but they haven't allowed a point in the second quarter in a month. 
the last four games since the Kansas City game where they gave up 30 in the second half, they haven't gave it, given up a single point. So it's going to be very important for us to come out hot, kind of like that we have over the last five. Uh, we currently match the Kansas City Chiefs with the longest winning streak in the NFL at five games. Mike McDaniel knows D'Amico Ryans and knows this defense as well as any other coach in the league and probably better than any other head coach in the league because he has played against them every day in practice over the last several years. He's been with Shanahan for 14 years before he came to Miami, so he knows exactly what he's going to need to do. All of that being said, there's a potential that we are out, uh, that we don't have Teron Armstead. Uh, he has actually not been ruled out. A lot of the social media sites, everybody's saying that he's out already. He's not been ruled out. McDaniel said today that he hasn't uh, ruled him out and that Teron's going to, you know, give every effort to play. So wow. we're, we're going to have to watch that very closely because we are a different offensive line without Teron. And I mean, that goes without I saying. I think I, w- I would go into the assumption he's not playing. I am going to assume that as well. But uh, Teron has played through many injuries in the past, and this is not one where he's going to have to have surgery. And from all intents and purposes, it seems like he's going to try to play. Regardless, if we don't have him out there, it's going to be Jackson a challenge. Jackson is also out, which should be mentioned as well. Yes, and, and Austin Jackson is not going to play. Uh, McDaniel said he'd be very surprised if he played. Same ankle, different injury for anybody who's curious. So it's going to be a challenge for us against this front seven. Now, there's only one name on the, on the, on the defensive line that I really have to mention. And that's Nick Bosa. Uh, McDaniel had a quote earlier this week saying that Nick Bosa did swim moves and and, uh, pass rush moves against inanimate objects, no matter where he was at. And you can tell that he works on his craft. He's got 11 and a half sacks already through 11 games. So he is getting to the quarterback. They have a couple of great linebackers. Fred Warner was an all-pro, first-team all-pro just two years ago. And Dre Greenlaw is, is a fantastic linebacker, too. Those guys have 82 and 79 tackles on the season already. So they are getting after it. One of the things that is very underlooked for those two guys is their coverage skills. Fred Warner is an excellent coverage linebacker. So the middle of the field is where we've really eaten this year for Tua. He's, he's excellent over the middle of the field. I have a, I have a sneaking suspicion that Shanahan and D'Amico Ryan is going to try to take away the middle of the field, which means we're going to have to stretch right. them horizontally. And, and I think that we have a real chance to do that with the guys that we have, uh, you know, working on the offensive side of the ball. They do have some, some good cornerbacks. Jimmy Ward is the guy who everybody knows he's been there forever. He's actually not a safety. He's not playing safety anymore. He's moved down to nickel cornerback, which is an, an interesting spot for him this year. But it's going to be a real challenge. I think that what we're going to see is I think we're going to see McDaniel stretch the field horizontally a little more than, than we have recently. I think we see Tua stay hot. I, I don't see uh, a reason that he can't. He's getting the ball out so fast. I think that's going to have a big effect on rather that defensive front seven can get home on him. And I think that we're going to do just enough on the offensive line if we don't have Teron in to be able to keep us in this game. And, and uh, you know. Well, who do you anticipate is going to play tackle? Well, most likely it's going to be Brandon Shell. I, I definitely, uh, if if they're both out, then we're going to have to see Greg Little on in one of those too. So, oh. 
<laughs> yeah, we hate we hate that, right? And Gee, Brandon Shell did not kids. perform very well at left tackle last week, but neither did Little. You know, he was only in for a couple snaps, and then they put Shell in. So uh, we are definitely going to have to uh, we're going to have to chip. <laughs> we're going to have to get a guy up to chip. It it may be a game that you don't see much of Gasicki because Smythe is a better blocker. We haven't seen much of him anyway. It's this is not <laughs> untrue. This is not untrue. Um, but this is this is definitely one of those matchups where we're going to have to get a guy to to put a shoulder or a hand on on Nick Bosa. It in the event Running that Tua, back. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Jeff Wilson can do that. The expectation is that Mostert's going to play this week. I think that's going to be a boon for us because I think that uh, even though they have the number one ranked rushing defense in the league, I think that we can we can possibly run the ball on them. Um, I expect McDaniel to have this team ready. Uh, I said in the group chat um, yesterday that I think, honestly, that McDaniel may have a bit of an advantage here because there is years of Shanahan on film, what he does on the defensive side of the ball, the offensive side of the ball, all that. And there is 11 games on film of McDaniel's scheme, and he's still working it to uh, mastery. So. I expect us to to come out and try to run the ball. <laughs> Hopefully we can sustain some of that. I expect our tackles to get some help on the edges, and I expect us to stretch the field horizontally. I do think that we can score on this team. I think that we can score on them in the second half as well. I don't see them shutting us out. And it's going to be a hell of a matchup uh, with, with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell going up against this defense. He knows the personnel, McDaniel, right? You know, he's been there. So that is an advantage, as you mentioned. And I think, you know, just on that alone, you know, knowing what the weaknesses are in regard to that defense, I think he'll attempt to attack it. With that being said, you know, the unfortunate thing is, you know, you've got two tackles that are going to be in the football game that that are a major drop off. Yeah. We're at a disadvantage there. There's no, there's no way to, you know, to cover that up, you know, with the running game as well, Daniel. It's going to be difficult to run the football with those two guys in the game. You know, I mean, it's going to be just as difficult to do that as it is to pass protect. I think that that's a situation there where it's going to be very difficult to overcome for our offense. They're going to have to figure out a way to maybe go to mass protection as far as I'm concerned, because I don't care if they put two guys on Tyreek, you know, he can still beat them. So you may see a situation where you only have three guys out in pass routes because the running backs may have to stay in the block. You may see a lot of in gold, you know, in the backfield blocking, you know, that sort of thing. If they can get pressure on two with just a four man rush, you've got seven guys covering three you know, it, it puts us at a disadvantage. So, you know, me personally, I think it's going to be somewhat of a struggle. I think, you know, we, we have the people that can definitely do it is at the skill positions. I just think that, you know, we're going to be very challenged across that offensive line. And it's, it's really unfortunate because, you know, I, I felt coming into this game that we had a really good shot at beating this football team at full health and beating them pretty good. You know, just for the reasons that Mike started the show with, you know, in regard to their strength of schedule as I looked at it. So, you know, it's unfortunate, but, you know, we're going to have to find a way, right? Yeah. Well, and I don't have the stats in front of me, 
but I believe that Miami leads the league in 22 personnel snaps currently, which means two running backs and two tight ends on the field at the same time. Mm-hmm. I, I expect to see a lot of that. I do expect yep. to see a lot of Ingold. I do expect to see a lot of double Durham tight Smythe. Ends. Yep, yep, double tight ends, probably even Hunter Long. Uh, because, Ugh. because Ooh. well, here's the thing. <laughs> Here, I mean, as long as he's healthy and can play, I, I kind of expect to see some more of him. Uh, right. Just because Gesicki is such a liability. And if we do have both of those tackles out, we really can't afford to have another tight end who's not getting the block on the field. Yeah, they uh, now, signed a kid to the uh, practice squad uh, who's a tackle, Kendall Lamb. Yep. And he's yeah. not a kid, actually. He's 30 years old. But uh, possibility we may be surprised and see him at one of those positions. Who knows? Yeah, look, we we signed Brandon Shell mid-year, right? And he yep. actually – so he's actually been serviceable at right tackle. He hasn't been fantastic, but he had, he had been serviceable at right tackle without Austin Jackson. So um, – I don't know which one of them is going to play right and which of one of them is going to play left, but uh, I do think McDaniel can scheme around it and we can still have some success. All right. All right. That, that was <laughs> well explained. I do want to say something about DraftKings before we get further into the show. Mm-hmm. I'm kind enough to sponsor us we appreciate it and uh you guys that aren't playing lewis you can tell them a little bit about it can't you yeah i'm losing every week that's what i can tell you about it <laughs> well that's I mean, not what so, they want to hear it's been unpredictable but yeah. it's fun you yeah. know i can tell you that much i mean <laughs> mike do you want me to lie to people <laughs> and tell me and them, my- yeah, I'm, I'm winning hundreds of dollars every week me and my you buddies know, have a league on DraftKings where there's like 20 of us and we can get into a contest together and just head to head against each other instead of like these national and worldwide leagues. Uh, it's a lot of fun because we get to talk some trash to each other. And, uh, you know, we're not spending huge amounts of dollars, but you still get a nice win. Exactly. When you, when you that's 20 other guys. It's winner take all. Well, that's what's appealing know? about it, right? You can, you can put down a $5 bet and still- $3, Mike. Three yeah. bucks, yeah. yeah. Three dollar, right? You can you can put a team together for three dollars. It it's it's really fun. It's enjoyable. You pick your team. You know, it's it's fun. Get out there. Everybody should try it. No doubt about it. And uh, get to your promo, Mike. We do a captain. Yeah. And, and if you do try it, make sure you uh, use our promo code TPPN. And uh, here's the ad. We'll be right back. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. I trust them. You get your money when you're supposed to. Everything is above board. Now, right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Now, check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost. The bigger your shot to win big. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN, place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right, Lewis. 
What you got to tell us? What do you want me to tell you, Mike? <laughs> How are we going to win? <laughs> How are we going to win? Oh, boy. I'll tell you what. Uh, their offense, you know, the big three, you know, Ayuk, Debo, and Kittle. And Ayuk is not talked about nearly as much not as at Kittle all. or Debo Samuel. Yeah. But I will tell you this. He's having the best season out of all three. And it's, a, he, it's the big four now, Lou. Kind of goes under the radar. Well, you know what, Daniel? You know, as you looked at McCaffrey's numbers, and I know that's who you're talking about, mm-hmm. they've been okay. He hasn't been over the top with those guys on the outside and Kittle at the tight end position. He's been okay. Now, he, he's an exceptional football player, but since he's been in San Francisco, he's been decent. Okay, so with that, with that being said, you know, you look around this offense and it looks like they're a little bit banged up, right? I mean, which is a positive for us. You know, it kind of evens things out in regard to our injuries on our offensive side. Um, Elijah Mitchell is not playing, right? Right. Yep. He's out of the football game. That's a big loss for them. You got McCaffrey, who's a little banged up. You got Debo Samuel, who's a little banged up. Now, there's talk that McCaffrey may or may not play. Now, I expect him to play, but he if said out today's practice and today is Wednesday. Yeah. If he's nursing injuries, then he's not at full strength, right? And with, with the fact that Mitchell's not there, it, it, it's a benefit to us because he's an outstanding football player as well. But as you look at this offense as a whole, you know, I look at Garoppolo as being their weakness at the quarterback position. He's having a very good year. He's only thrown four interceptions, and he's thrown 16 touchdown passes. So he's having a pretty solid season. He's having a very solid season. But he's a guy, Mike, that, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he's not a world beater. You know, if you put pressure on him, and that's the big if here. You know, you put pressure on him, he'll make mistakes. He'll throw balls away. He's not good under pressure. I think that... The Dolphins have to bring it and bring it to them hard. And they're going to have to drop guys in the coverage due to the fact that, you know, we've got injuries at the corner positions and at the safety positions. So it's going to be a situation where our guys up front are going to have to get pressure on them without a lot of blitzing. I think if we start getting into blitz situations, we're going to make it easy on these guys. Because if you get IU, Kittle, or Samuel, with any kind of room, they're going to kill you. They're going to absolutely kill you. You have to tackle. You have to have guys around them if they are completing passes. You can't allow them to make big plays on us. If we can do that, if we can get pressure on Garoppolo and play that type of defense, I think we've got a really good chance at stopping them. In regard to their running game, you know, our defense has held up pretty well against every running attack in the league. And we've gone against some, some top-notch running backs over the course of this season, and we've held them in check. So I think that our defensive line will do the job in regard to that. Our guys up front will do the job in regard to that. The key is, in passing situations, getting pressure on Garoppolo and not allowing these guys to get any yardage after the catch. No yak. No yak. We need no yak this week. We're a bad tackling team. If we have, a, if we have, a, you know, a weakness, that's it as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 
you know, but again, you know, if you got guys surrounding these guys, Mike, you know, and you have a few people in the area and you don't allow them big chunk plays, right. you know, I, I truly believe that our defense can hold up against all of these weapons. Um, but, you know, they have to go out. They're going to be very challenged this week. Those guys up front, you know, Chubb, Phillips, Wilkins, Siler, all of those guys have to get pressure on them. They have to do it. They have to do it. Because we're not capable of covering these guys down the field man to man. You know, X-Man's going to have a challenge too. You know, whether yeah. it be Ayuk or Debo on the outside. Who would you put them on? Mike, you know what? I'd put him on whoever lined up on his side. I wouldn't have yeah. him roaming all over the field on either one of those guys because they're both very, very good football players. So let him play his natural side, and whoever lines up on that side, go at it with him. You yeah. know, um, you know that's that's how I would play it. It's a situation where, again, McDaniel has an advantage here because he knows their personnel, he knows Garoppolo, he knows their offense, so. You know, he, he's going to put them in a position where they're going to be able to succeed to some extent. You know, if San Francisco doesn't execute well enough, then we're going to be able to stay in this football game without a question of a doubt. Even with, you know, I think our offense not being as explosive as it normally is for the reasons we've already discussed. Yeah, I love it. And I, I agree on it on more than one front there. Uh, it's going to be very important for us to ver- to limit the yak. The yards after catch when these guys get the ball in their hand, especially a guy like Debo, uh, you can't re- you almost can't stop it when Kittle does it because he just plows through you. Uh, but we have to tackle. I think McDaniel does have an advantage, and I think that uh, we're going to see some things from this defense that maybe I we will say seen this, uh, Daniel. Both um, Howard and Kuhu are good tacklers. Yes, and and they're good in coverage. Uh, I, I was I was going to put together a little stat sheet for people on on Howard uh, just to kind of prove that he's still playing well, but I I ended up not doing it. Uh, one of the things that I did want to point out is Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb, uh, which are currently both, I think, inside of the top 10 in win rates versus or for pass rush this year. Uh, I think Jalen Phillips just jumped up to like number eight, and Bradley Chubb's up to number two. So I think both of these guys have an opportunity to get home against Garoppolo without having to, to bring extra blitzers. I think they're both doing a really good job in the run game as well. Uh, Jalen Phillips is starting to really impress. You seen a play last week versus Houston where he chased down the quarterback. He was his motor is nonstop. He just he just doesn't quit. Uh, I I like. We have a lot of players like that 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 just you know they they don't slack. Yeah, yeah, right. and I love that about our defense. Even yep. though they they get beat on some plays, and I expect them to get beat on some plays here. I'm 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 just as concerned about Kittle as I am about Debo or IU. Christian McCaffrey is a whole different animal in the backfield, but we have really, really limited rushing yards in the last several games. I mean, look what we did to Chubb. Look at what we did to Pierce, the guy I was worried about breaking tackles last week. So I think we kind of limit McCaffrey a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't be starting him in DraftKings, uh, even in my home contest. So I like our My chances. concern would be um, him as a receiver. I'm not yes. concerned about any running back. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. 
you know, McCaffrey, you know, getting back to him, you know, he had a really, really good football game against uh, the Giants a couple of weeks ago, you know, but last week, you know, in that Carolina win, he had 10 carries for 33 yards. So, and this is against Carolina defense. I think our, you know, our run defense is very, very solid where, you know, Mike brings up a really good point, you know, his, his pass catching ability could be a problem for us. You know, when you got guys like Landon Roberts on the field, right? you know, if you get them isolated and Debo even out of the backfield, you know, because they, they, they use uh, Jennings, you know, at that receiver position and he can hurt you as well. And if you line up Debo in the backfield, he can hurt you from that position as well as far as catching the football. So they can throw a bunch of different things at you. You know, it's going to be a challenge for our linebackers. There's no doubt about it because um, they have some really, really skilled players that can come out of the backfield and catch the football. And as you mentioned, Daniel Kittle, you know, is, is, is a beast as well. And, you know, again, you know, you're going to have a guy like either a linebacker or a guy like Eric Rowe behind that linebacker trying to cover him down the middle. And, you know, that, that could be a problem. You know, Rowe just doesn't do well against some of the more physical, you know, better, you know, better tight ends in the league. He's always struggled with them. He always seems to be around them, but they're still catching football. Well, he's smaller than they are, you know. Exactly. Yep, exactly. And, um, you know, we just have to play very sound football and, uh, you know, be in the right place at the right time. And, you know, I think that, you know, we can – we can defend this team, you know, with all their weapons. I mean, they looked scary a couple of weeks ago, didn't they? They looked you okay. Know. They looked okay a couple of, I mean, look, they've had a couple of kind of duds recently, and then they've had a couple of really good games. The game that you're talking about was actually against the, the Rams, where McCaffrey had 160 total yards, a touchdown passing, rushing, and receiving. Uh, just went off. But they've right. scored 13 last week against the Saints and then 22 against the Chargers. Exactly. So, so they've averaged 25 and a half over the last five games. You know, we're averaging over 30 a game. Uh, we've, we've scored 30 in four straight. Uh, I, to your point about Juwan Jennings, he's the new Sherfield. I had to make sure I got that in. And, and he will hurt you if you let him. So mm-hmm. uh, they have weapons all over the field. If, if they can keep Jimmy upright, he can definitely get the ball where it needs to go. So it's a dangerous matchup both ways. What's your prediction, Daniel? Okay, so I'll go first on this then. Uh, that's okay. I, so here's the thing. I, I said it already. I am really looking forward to this, to this matchup because of McDaniel spending so much time with Shanahan. And the in-game adjustments are going to be huge. I'm actually taking Miami. I'm taking Miami. I think McDaniel has the advantage here. I think, I think this is Tua's like legitimate nobody's going to be able to say ish about him after this game because I think that he's going to hang 30 on him and I got Miami 31 to 27 in a real game of the year type game wow Mike you want to go or you want me to no you can go oh yeah yeah you always want to go last don't you well, you made me go first last week so I'm, I'm getting <laughs> oh, yeah. with you. you remember damn it I was trying to get that past you um, well, this is the way I look at the game as a whole. The offensive tackles are going to be a major issue for us. Um, I think that's the difference in this football game. I don't think their secondary 
is um, is a secondary that we wouldn't be able to pass the football on under normal circumstances. Tua will not be the problem, you know, Daniel. It'll be the guys blocking at those tackle positions that are going to create issues. If um, if Tua can't get passes off, then you know what are we going to do, right? I mean, you know, we saw what took place in a very short amount of time last week. As soon as the guys went down hurt. I think we're going to see more of that. I think the game's going to be a lot tighter than what people are thinking because everybody I've spoken to because of the injuries has San Francisco beaten us, you know, pretty soundly. I think it'll be a tight game, but I think we lose at 2017. Here's the question for me. If we are going to beat this team, we're going to have to do it throwing the ball, okay? And with our tackle situation, we're going to have to keep people in the block. So to me, the way I see it is Hill and Waddle are going to have to play well, and they're going to have to beat double coverage at times. And if two is accurate and those guys can do that, then I, I think Miami does have a chance to win, even with the tackles in a bad situation. I also picked Miami, and I'm, I'm crossing my fingers and my toes and everything else. And uh, I think it's going to be a little lower scoring than, than what you had thought, Daniel. I'm thinking more like uh, 24-20, 24-17, something like that. Let's go. You can't see me, but I am pumping <laughs> my fist. Let's go. Now, take, take away <laughs> Daniel, fact- do you really get that excited about a, a Mike Fink prediction? Take away the, Okay, so the, <laughs> the prediction was awesome. But take away the Mike Fink prediction. How long has it been since we could be this excited about games at the end of November, the beginning of December, and the talk of Miami being a legitimate contender? I am so pumped up. Let's go. Look, I was a hell of a lot younger the last time I felt this way. Let me just say that. <laughs> yeah, you weren't a hell of a lot younger, Mike, because you've always been old as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, I was always older than you. That's why. But uh, <laughs> Exactly. No. That was my point. Yeah. The, you know, the, go ahead, Mike. You no, I was just going to say, I mean, really, you have to go back uh, to 2001. You know, that was the last time we were really relevant and considered a playoff threat. And who was our quarterback? You, yeah, that was Fiedler. <laughs> yeah, Fiedler. Yeah, yeah. Fiedler. Now, and and the, the expectations even then, Mike, with Fiedler at quarterback and our offense was, you know, it was okay. This is well, the best team we've had in a long time. A yeah, long no, time. no. I mean, you have to go back to the Marino years then. But, but you know, even with Fiedler, our defense was phenomenal. Yeah. So, you yes, know, that was that that was what you know was carrying us, and uh, much like last season, you know. But uh, we'll see what happens, you know. Uh, but I really do think they have a shot to win this game. I know a lot of people are counting them out already, and I think that's premature, you know. Yes, uh, I mean, it's, a big it's just going to be a matter of you know how the coaches you know, scheme their games and uh, compete with each other. Who makes the big play on defense? Ingram? Strip sack? Fumble? You know, Daniel. X finally getting a pick and taking one to the house? Like It could be Seedler. It could be Wilkins. I mean, there's a lot of guys that can make a play on our defense. He took it to the house, Daniel. Yeah, it was a fumble. I'm having deja vu The guy's always in the right place at the right time, right? Yeah. I mean, seriously, you think about that for a minute, you know. He recovers the fumble, runs it in. 
Yeah. Here's the thing. He threw a block on the Van Ginkle interception, too. Yes. To get him down inside the five. They need plays like they had last year out of the defense. They really do. They need some turnovers in this game. And, you know, we go through games where we don't see it. I mean, Holland's got to come up big. You know, you need something out of him, right? Somebody has to step up and somebody has to turn this game in our favor on a big play on that defensive side. You hit it right on right on the button. I mean, you know, we talk about the offense and the fact that they're going to be a little shorthanded this week. Well, you know, the defense has got to understand that and they got to understand that they're going to have to come up, whether it be even special teams, where they make a, a play or a couple plays in this game that kind of changes it in some way, shape, or form to where we don't have to depend on the offense to go up and down the field like we've been having to do, even against teams like Chicago and Detroit. We can't get into that situation this week. That's out of the question. It's out of the question. So they have to do something to change the balance of this football game. I mean, it's key. It's well, absolutely key. I don't necessarily think it's out of the question, but I think that the the Javon Holland point is a good one. And if there's a game that Holland's going to jump a route because he knows what to look for out of a quarterback, this is the one because McDaniel knows exactly how Jimmy ticks. So I can't wait to see this matchup. I can't wait to see the end game adjustments, what happens after the half. From the kickoff to zeros is going to be a hell of an exciting game. So, All right. All right. Very good. With that, I think we're going to close. Is that right, Yeah, Mike? before you do, Mike, I just wanted to make sure that everybody knows that you can go to Twitter and follow the FinFans podcast now at FinFans Podcast. So go check us out there. Please like, review, and subscribe to the pod. That's All very right. imaginative, the name of that yeah, Twitter original account. and authentic. Like we don't have a blue check, but I'll give you a teal and orange one if you come follow. All right. Will Sounds you know. good. I don't know if I can do that, but. I don't know. think so. <laughs> hey, let's go out and kick some ass on Sunday. It's what time? A four? Is it a 4.30 or is it 4:05 a 4.05 Eastern. 4.05. I like that. God, those 4.30 games, so right? 3.05 for me. When did that come into play before we head out? I mean, why did they do that? Remember the games used to start at four, and that was it. Now there are four, and then there's some that start at 4.30. They stagger those afternoon games all within like 20 minutes of each other. So you got a 405, 4.10, 4.20. 4.10, 4.20. I I haven't seen any of those. I think so. They stagger those games. Okay. Well, I don't know about, f- I'm yeah. not I'm not sure of the reason, so I'm not gonna yeah. speak out of turn. I don't you know I Oh, we didn't we didn't even talk about the flexing uh the Sunday night football game with the Chargers. Oh so yeah, fantastic, right? Oh, very exciting. That Tua, looks like it's gonna Tua give Tua us against Herbert. That that may very well give yeah. us three consecutive primetime games or you know, national televised games anyway. Do, doesn't it kill you when they match up two against oh, it's two against Herbert. No, it's not. Well, <laughs> there, there's a bunch of other guys on the field. That's all media hype and bullshit. There's other guys on the field that affect that because I can I can assure you that if you matched up Marino against any other quarterback, you know, Marino was going to beat him nine times out of ten. And we didn't win nine times out of ten during most of Marino's career after those early years. So 
there's there's other players involved on football teams that make a difference. It's, yeah. it's not a matchup between but, just those two guys. But when you're watching a World Cup match, you don't say uh, Brazil's 14 other players. You say Brazil and Messi. So that's just the way it works, man. What in the hell are you talking about? Mike, close <laughs> this show already. I was trying, but you guys are yakky. Uh, yakky. I'll be playing yakety sax after we beat San Francisco. <laughs> oh, I'll Jesus, dance to it terrible. and post it on the, on the page. Let's go. All righty. All right. We'll be back on uh, Monday to talk about the big win in San Francisco. Yes. All right. And, uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. You guys, thanks for joining me. Very welcome. Fins up, everybody. Fins up. Fins up, doll fans. All right, that's today's show. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is proud to be part of DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Pigskin podcast network. Check out these sites, guys. There's lots of podcasts and information there that you'll enjoy. All right, until next time, be well and take care.